You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Sedders-Vassar, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for coming to the show. This is A to the N to the G, and I've got Mark in the studio with me this morning. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) As you know, we are talking this month about getting out of debt and how important it is to keep debt in mind, but to help crush it in 2020. But a little housekeeping, if you have not subscribed to this show, please do so. Make sure to tell all of your friends and family about your credit today and all of the amazing information that you're learning on a weekly basis. Share it with your office friends. Share it with anybody that you know. Tell them about your credit today and me, A to the N to the G. So getting to the topic, like we said, we're talking about getting out of debt. But before we do that, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about the day in the life. Oh, the day in the life. Wow. <laughs> Wowie, wow. Well, um, my name's Mark Gertz. The name of my company is West Cal Reverse. We specialize in uh, reverse financial products, which also includes reverse mortgages. Um, I'm, I'm also an accredited financial counselor. And, uh, and what we believe is that you should take a fiduciary approach in relation to these type of products. In other words, you put the client's needs first and solve the problem on a collaborative basis. Okay, well, wait, can I stop you for a minute? Because we're, we're a teaching show. Sure. Can you tell our listeners what fiduciary means? Ah, uh, yes. That, that essentially means that um, you take the position that your primary obligation is the customer. Got it. All right? Um, and that even though you may get compensated transactionally mm-hmm. from the lender, that's not your primary focus. God, I love that because you're, that means you're all about people. Exactly. And we work with a lot of professionals too in helping their clients, attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and so forth. Um, and, and one of the things that we did when we set this up is we wanted to have access to everything in the marketplace hmm. so that we could, simp- we could, act, uh, we could focus uh, exclusively on the problem and not worry about what the products were. So we have nine companies with 14 different products in four different classes, all in reverse space. Wow. And one of those products is something that you and I were talking about before, which we call an LESS or a limited equity share system. Yeah. And that was super interesting to me, specifically on the topic of getting out of debt, because I think this is a vehicle that people can use to help uh, getting out of debt. Oh, there's no question about it. And, and we've done it. We've done it numerous times already. Uh, the the one thing about these uh, about these programs, these LESS programs, is that um, there's no age requirement. Whereas all other reverse products, you have to be at least age sixty to qualify. These products have no age restriction whatsoever. And can you tell me, like, um, how did reverse mortgages come to be? Like, you know, what happened in the market, or you know, why did banks say, "Hey, this is something that we need to do." You're talking about reverse mortgages themselves? Yes. Okay, well, in order for that, we have to go back in time a little bit. Let's do it. All right, great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, if you go back to the Roosevelt era in the 1930s, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, during that period of time, Roosevelt uh, put in motion the New Deal, which was a lot of different social legislation designed to help the people, all right, and to keep the country afloat. The one piece of legislation that he put together in that period of time that most people 
still remember, yeah. place in 1935, and that was the Social Security Act. Mm. Now, when the Social Security Act took uh, uh, took effect in 1936, mm-hmm. the average home price in this country was about $4,000. The average income was about- Oh my God. Did you hear that, friends? The <laughs> average home price was $4,000. That's, right. That's crazy. Spare, if you had a spare 10 cents in your pocket, you could choose between a gallon of gallon <laughs> of bread. Wow. Also in that- 19- How we've fallen. <laughs> yes, indeed. Things have changed. That's inflation. Right. Right. But also in 1936, the average birth rate was about 6,000 people a day. Wow. Fast forward 10 years to the 1940s, and that birth rate doubles to 12,000 people a day, and it stays there for almost 20 years, and that becomes the baby boomer generation. Mm. Now, by 1956, Congress realized that we had a problem. Yeah. And the problem was that Social Security was not designed for these kind of numbers. So in uh, in uh, uh partnership with the IRS, Mm -hmm. they started passing a whole bunch of social legislation that was designed to get Americans to do just one thing. Yes. And that was to save money for retirement. Mm. And that's where your IRAs and your Keos and your 401ks and your SEPs and your 403Bs and all of those programs come from, it starts in 1956. Wow. So they were thinking about the social security problems, so to speak, all those years ago. All those years ago. That's right. That's right. Now, by 1966, people were not rushing to put money into these programs, and Congress decided the reason for that is because people were putting money into homes, because after World War II with the GI Bill, everybody bought one. Yes. So in 1969, they invited an economist from UCLA to come to Congress and explain to them an idea he had for a way that you could liquefy the value of your home without having to sell it. Wow. Congress was really fascinated with that, but they didn't do anything with that information until the 1980s. Hmm. And in 1988, President Reagan passed the HECM bill, H-E-C-M, Home Equity Conversion Mortgage Bill, all right, which started a 10-year study resulting in 1998 with HECMs being made permanent. Wow. So the government-designed reverse mortgage program that we have today has only been around for 22 years. Wow. And um, and that's where it all came from. It's just, it, all it is is a piece of federal social legislation like IRAs, KEOs, and 401ks that are administered by private companies. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem, of course, is that unlike IRAs and KEOs and the rest of those programs that have a very positive uh, place in people's imaginations, HECMs do not. Got it. And, and that's been a problem with the program. Well, see, friends, as you can see here, Angela does not bring anybody on that doesn't know their poop. We won't say the other word, but I am so um, I'm so enthralled by all of the information that you that you just shared with us and the history. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Um, Well, let's talk about why people have a negative viewpoint of of reverse mortgages. Yeah, let's. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, for that information, we have to go back to the 1960s. Because mm-hmm. in the 1960s, there were a couple of mortgage companies that came out with their own program that they called a reverse mortgage. Okay. But under their program, here's how it worked. You signed the title of your house over to the lender. They sent you checks for the rest of your life, let you live in the house. And when you died, the lender took the house. Now- so it wasn't something that you could leave to your kids anymore. That's right. Now, there's nothing wrong with a program like that per se. It does have, you know, application in a lot of people's situations. Sure. Here's where the problem came in. Hmm. 
In the mid to late 1970s and early 1980s, those homeowners from the 1960s started passing away. And that was the first time that many of their adult children found out there's no house to inherit. Oh. So there were big articles in the paper and Ann Landers was writing columns about it and congressmen were talking about senior abuse. And by the early 1980s, those programs basically died of their own weight, but the damage was done. An entire generation, the baby boomers and their children, now believe that anything called a reverse mortgage was bad. But the only thing that those programs from the 1960s have in common with the current programs, which didn't begin, didn't become permanent until 1998, is that they unfortunately use the same nickname. Otherwise, they have absolutely nothing in common because all of the programs we have today, title does not change hands. Mm -hmm. you, uh, you retain full ownership and rights to your home and you can still leave it to your children with a reverse mortgage. Got it. Unless you just use it all up, right? Well, yes, unless you use it all up. But that doesn't happen as, as frequently as, as you might think. Well, and, you know, let's talk about the positive sure. uh, side of this. I mean, you know, you have a lot of people that unfortunately can't, um, you know, afford health care. Mm -hmm. They can't afford to have someone um, with in-home care. Mm -hmm. And these types of programs, um, even though you're not going to be uh, left with a house after, you know, your parent passes away, mm -hmm. you would have been still stuck with the same bills, um, you know, that you would otherwise that is being taken care of right now, yeah. right? Because the estate would be responsible for that. Well, there's no question about that. The thing, the thing, about reverse mortgages is they're not always the right solution. Okay. Well, right. let's talk about when they're not the right solution. <laughs> uh, well, Tricky question. Yeah, you caught me off guard on that one. Um, but what I meant by that was that it really depends on, on a person's situation. Sure. You know, everybody's situation is totally unique. The, the your, your numbers, your money, your requirements, what you need to accomplish. Yes. You know, um, and sometimes if you look at the options, there there are other options and sometimes you would prefer to use them or, or you don't. I mean, for example, there's always the option that the adult children can give the parents money. Mm -hmm. That That's always an option. And if, right. they, and if they have the ability to do that, well, that's, that's great. Yeah. You know, uh, but that's not always the case. Got it. Okay. Um, uh, so, so what the purpose of these programs is very simply is to take something that's an illusion and make it real. Now, mm. what I mean by that is that if you really think of it this way, the appreciation in your home mm -hmm. doesn't really exist. It only exists on paper, mm -hmm. all right? And it can go up. And as we also know from, nine, from 2008, it can go down, Right. all right? The thing about the value of your home is there's only two ways to get the money out. Mm -hmm. The first is, you sell the house. Right. Okay. But then you still need a place to live. Sure. The second is you take out a mortgage. Mm -hmm. But the problem with taking out a traditional mortgage when you're in your 70s and your 80s is that the moment you take out the money, the bank wants you to start paying it back. Right. So, and these people are living on a fixed income, so it's almost impossible. Exactly. So you take out this money, but then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're giving back four or 5,000 of it a month. Mm -hmm. So it almost becomes a self-defeating prophecy. 
And that's where reverse products come in. Absolutely. And this for our younger generation that have older parents is a great resource for them to know and understand some of the things that they can do with their parents that still own property. And, you know, unfortunately, um, maybe they don't have enough income to live off of. There's, there's no question about that. There's absolutely no question about that. The biggest, the biggest uh, problem with people researching reverse mortgages is that there are pre, uh, preconceived notions about what they are and what they aren't. Um, and, and that's a shame. And yeah. that's a shame because, because for a lot of people, it, it could be a great option if they would just open up their minds and look at the facts. Right. Now we started this conversation off talking about the fact that um, most of the time and how reversed mortgages are looked at is for the older generation. That's but true. now you brought up a new product that yes. you don't have to be over. What did you say it was? 60? 60. 60. So now talk about the new products that are out there for people that are having a tough time, but own property, need to get out of debt. I just was speaking to a client yesterday, as a matter of fact, who owns several businesses that are not doing so well right now, but he also owns property and he can't get a loan anywhere. So this is one of those types of situations where it sounds like this might be an option for him. It, it can be. Um, the uh, the uh, LESS programs, the limited equity share system programs uh, are available to anybody at any age. Uh, you, uh, you do have to own residential real estate as collateral, um, but it doesn't have to be your own home. Mm -hmm. uh, we handle three different companies that handle these products. The, their terms and conditions are a little bit different. Some of them will consider a rental property as collateral or even an investment property, up to four units. Um, some won't. Um, but what these, what these, all of these products have in common is that they don't require you to repay the money that you take for up to 30 years, mm -hmm. and they don't charge any interest. Hmm. Instead, what they do is they take an equity stake in the future appreciation or depreciation of your property. That's important to mention, the depreciation. So in other words, they're your partner. Yes, they are. They're a, they're a partner for a little piece, a little piece of the potential value of your property down the road. In return, what you get is you get 100% use of one or two or three hundred thousand dollars that you don't have to worry about paying back for up to 30 years. Wow. Yeah. So the, this client that I'm talking about, it sounds like that would be a really great option for it, him. It, it can be. I mean, you know, when you, you know, I've got people that use this kind of money to fund a 529 plan for their kids for college, mm -hmm. right? because to be able to put a lump sum of a hundred thousand dollars in when your child is one year old, you know, it's gonna make a huge difference when, when they're of college age. I've got lots of small business people that use this because they've, they've maybe run up $100,000 of credit card debt when they, when they were in a cash flow problem, right? And they just can't seem to get out of it. And they're, you know, they're, they got 21, 25% interest rates on that. Right. So this is a really viable option in those yes. situations. Yes, I've got people using this for home improvements. I've got people using this to start businesses, mm -hmm. you know, because, because to be able to get, it, 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 it's very different when you have uh, the ability to get a, a couple of hundred thousand dollars where there are no payments required. And also keep in mind that under these programs, the money you get is tax-free. 
Wow. Because the IRS takes the position that it's your own money. Mm-hmm. Just taking it out of your house pocket and putting it in your bank pocket. Okay. So let's talk about this though. Mm. Now let's say that you have exercised your options and taken this, um, this route. Mm-hmm. How do you get out of it if you want to? Uh, as simple as you would get out of any traditional mortgage. If you decide- Refinance. You, yeah, if you refinance or, hey, it, you, you took 100,000, you started a business, you're successful. Five years down the road, you've got lots of money. You give them a call and you, you know, you'll fi- get, find out what the number is and you write them a check and you pay it off. Now, this is, is this just for residential property or is this also for multi-units? No, no, it, it is for multi-units. Uh, residential property is defined as anything up to four units. Okay, right? but I'm talking like apartment buildings, people that own. No, 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 it's only up to four units. Only uh, up to four any, units, anything okay. More, anything more than four units by definition means it's commercial right. property. Okay. And and as as of this moment, there are no programs like this that use commercial property. Got it. Okay. So friends, as you can hear, you can hear the human component of how Mark handles his clients. So let's get into that human component, Mark. Now, obviously you said you've been doing this for how long? Well, I started in mortgages around uh, uh, just before 1990. Mm -hmm. I've been working exclusively in reverse space for about a decade now. Awesome. So um, I've talked to you about several clients. You and I have collaborated on a lot of different deals. And the thing that I love about you is that you really have a heart for your clients, Mm. you know, and I, and I love that you keep even saying it in our conversation that, you know, Hey, this may not be for everyone. And the thing is, is that, you know, talking about the human component or the human side of doing business, you know, what is your take or how do you deal with clients that, you know, unfortunately, just don't fit into this box. What do you do? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, as I mentioned, we, we have products that, that are in four different classes. So um, in, those, in those situations where somebody doesn't fit into any one of these, um, depending upon the reason, we'll refer them out to another professional. Mm-hmm. Um, if they... Um, if they can't qualify for any of these things for whatever reason, and let's say they're buried, buried in credit card debt, um, I might refer them to someone like yourself, right? You know, to uh, negotiate with their creditors. If uh, not someone, you mean you might refer them to me? Let's get this straight here, okay? I was trying to be nice, <laughs> okay? Um, uh, yeah, I- I- exactly. Angela's a, Angela's a perfect a perfect person to to negotiate. Uh, on your behalf, if there's no other alternative for you to uh, refinance or to negotiate your debt, right? Um, you know, uh, and then of course there's you know there's always the bottom line uh, options. There's always bankruptcy, uh, which sometimes is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, let's talk about that really quickly. So, what happens with with clients that have a bankruptcy? Can you still do or exercise the use of these products even in someone that's filed a bankruptcy four years ago? Surprisingly, yes, we actually can. If they're if they're currently in a bankruptcy, usually it's a thirteen. All right. Uh, a repayment plan, the bankruptcy has to be ended with the program. In other okay. words, it has to be paid off with the program. They can't be in a bankruptcy and close the program at the same time. But being in a bankruptcy is not necessarily um, a, uh, a, a death a, a death knell to okay. being able to qualify. 
I've got, um, I actually have some clients right now that are in that situation that we're in the process of putting things together for. Okay. So, so yeah, it, 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 one sh- one, none of your listeners should presume mm-hmm. that they won't qualify for these things. Got it. All right. Um, they should do ig- exactly what we spoke about a few moments ago, which is get the facts. Yes. You know, uh, find out what's possible out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the programs that we have, um, you can you can get anywhere from thirty five thousand to six million dollars. Get out of here without having to make payments. Wow! And Jeez. yeah, I mean that that that's a pretty wide that's a pretty wide net. I love it. You know, and, um, and and it doesn't take very long for us to find out whether or not you'll you'll fit something. Okay, so let's talk about fitting in that box because you just said fitting. Mm. So you know, what are the requirements? What are some of the things that you're going to need from a customer if they uh, want to embark on? you know, talking to you about this. Well, all of these programs do have a, a, a modest income requirement, by which I mean, you have to show that you can basically cover your, your basic costs, utilities, uh, your property taxes, your homeowner's insurance, and, and so on and so forth. And there are formulas that each of these different plans have uh, that determine uh, whether or not you fit into that. Oh, okay. Um, for a lot of people uh, on reduced fixed incomes who are only on social security, mm-hmm. many times uh, that's enough. We don't even need their tax returns. Oh. In, in, in many situations, uh, if the amount that they're getting from social security or a pension mm-hmm. will you know, fit the, um, uh, the, the, the test, we'll call it the income test. Got it. All right? In other situations, uh, depending on what kind of income you have, if you're self-employed, yeah, we'll need a, we'll need a set of tax returns, a couple of bank statements. Pretty much the, the the standard things that you would be asked for at a bank mm-hmm. um, to qualify for these programs. And speaking about that for a moment, I think it's also important to point out that if any of your listeners have applied for a HELOC, a home equity line of credit at their bank, and been turned down, mm-hmm. that that does not mean that you'll be turned down for an LESS program. Okay, so if you can't get a hundred or one hundred and fifty thousand on a HELOC. The the, the, uh, the the LESS might be a really viable option. Awesome, awesome. Well, man, we have talked about a lot. We've talked about uh, history mm. in the making. Um, talking, I mean, you gave us a history lesson. I'm a history buff. I love stuff like that. You and me both. <laughs> so we talked about how, you know, reverse mortgages came into being. Mm-hmm. We talked about specifics on, you know, what people can expect. Mm-hmm. We talked about how much people can borrow. Mm-hmm. At no interest mm-hmm. or payments. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, d- depending upon, I mean, some of the products do charge interest. Other, other as I as we've said, some of the other products, they take a, a little partner percentage of your, mm-hmm. uh, your appreciation. But that's something that you, so when you're in the process of dealing with a customer mm-hmm. and let's say you're closing the deal, you go over everything that they need to know, breaking it down when they're signing the documents, correct? Well, Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, however, I, I think it's important to mention that the first thing that I do is we ask questions. Okay. All right. It It's, um, I'll give you an example. Um, I, I have a, a, a woman and her son. Mm-hmm. Her son's uh, in about 50 and she's in her 80s. And uh, my I was referred to them by their estate attorney. And uh, I had a long conversation with him on the phone. And we finally funneled it down to, what is it that you want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And what he said to me, what it really came down to was, my mom needs about $90,000 a year, mm-hmm. all right? 
and we want to preserve the estate. Mm-hmm. In other words, we want we want there to be uh, equity still left in the house 15 or 20 years down the road. Mm-hmm. Now, those were his goals, all right? It's not a question of good, bad, or otherwise. Those are the things he wanted to accomplish. And based upon that, mm-hmm. I showed him four ways to do it. Got it. All right? And, and, and I recommended one, and then it was up to him to choose which way he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But, but really, it, it's about reverse engineering, all right? No pun intended. But it, <laughs> but it, That's it, what it sounds like. Yeah, but it really is about reverse engineering. It's, it's what is the problem? What are you having trouble with? Yeah. You know, and then based upon that, based upon that goal, let's, you know, figure out if these products are going to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. If they don't, great. Let's talk about other other options. If they do solve that problem, then you make a decision whether you wanna you wanna move forward or not. It's you know, it's um it it it's it's one of the basic tenets of financial counseling mm-hmm. that that uh, until you until you as a counselor understand what the client sees as the problem. Yeah. All right. You you can't really help them craft a solution. That's right. You know. So we don't. Can we go- just give them a clap for that. Absolutely. That was really. That was great. That I mean. That's just. That's what I live by. Yeah. So so we don't we don't go in there cookie cutter and say here's a product and yes and that's what I, I meant about taking a fiduciary position. We go in there and we we sit down and essentially we pardon the expression we shut up. And we shut up. <laughs> we do. I, I shut up and I let them tell me. Yeah. Let them tell me how th- how the client sees their situation. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what's important, and that's why we're there. That's you know, right. is to solve those problems, just like what you do in your business. It's yes. it's, it's absolutely no different. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, it's um, it's it's all well and good for somebody. I'll put it this way: Suppose you have a friend, mm-hmm. and, and you know that he's got a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know he's got a drinking problem, all right? And, and you try to tell him, you know, I think he got a drinking problem. You really should go to AA. And he says, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, okay? See, it, it, doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter that you and I know he has a problem. Yes. It only matters that he knows. That's right. He has a problem because right. he's not gonna take any positive action to change that. Accountability. Exactly, until he feels the problem. That's right. Well, The pressure, the, the pres- problem. Exactly, mm-hmm. so, so we, do, we do the same thing, all mm-hmm. right? We do the same thing with, with all of these products and all of the programs that we have. It's, it's what do you see as being the problem you know, and uh, and then we help them narrow it down and focus it so that we it's really clear mm-hmm. and that everybody in the room agrees mm-hmm. on what the problem is, mm-hmm. and then we can find a solution. So, did you hear that, friends? He's masterful with his clients, <laughs> and he helps to bring solutions. <laughs> I love it. No, but that's exactly the way that I do business too. Yeah. And you know, it's it's it comes down to really caring about the person mm-hmm. and having values. You know, you have values. You know, you don't just want to do a job. You want to help people. No, it's it's not about. Um, I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm driven, I'm, I'm driven by two things. I'm driven by educating and I'm driven by problem solving. Yes. Those are the two things that, that, that drive me 
and, and, and the reason that I do the work I do and the way I do it mm-hmm. and, and the people I do it with. And that's one of the reasons why I spend a lot of time in what I like to call attorney space. Mm-hmm. Because, um, uh, you know, those of us on the outside looking at attorneys, it's like, they're all just attorneys. Mm-hmm. But but when you when you drill down, each one of them has a specialty and, they, yes. and they're all doing different kinds of work that mm-hmm. they're really very, very passionate about. And and they're advising people. Yes. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times, um, they don't have information or accurate information about these products. Sometimes they're, you know, they're older and they're part of the baby boomer generation or children of baby boomers. And they remember those products from the 70s and, mm-hmm. and the big articles in the paper saying they how can't they were. teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you can teach a new old dog <laughs> if they're willing to sit and listen to me for that's 20 right. minutes. That's right. So, so, so that's, that, that's, a lot of what, that's a lot of what I do is, is sit down and, and have coffee with, with uh professionals, the type of professionals that deal with your listeners, mm-hmm. right? their CPAs and their accountants and their attorneys and their bankers and their financial planners, and sh- just share, just share information so that when they think they might have a client that might benefit from this, mm-hmm. they can give me a call and we can discuss their client's problems collaboratively on the phone. Speaking of calling, how would someone get in touch with you? Ah, well, um, <laughs> Uh, you can email me at mark, M-A-R-C, at westcalmtg.com. Or you can call my office at 310-447-5266. Awesome. Okay. So I always like to end these sessions with asking a couple of uh, near and dear questions to my heart. Mm. What do you think it takes to make this world a better place? (laughs) Gee whiz, should I get political and get in trouble? No. No, okay, I won't get No politics. politics. We have a no No politics. politics. No politics rule. Okay, (laughs) what does it take? Um, Well, you you, you want a real opinion? I do. Um, as long as it's yours no, and not no, someone else's. No, mine. Okay. I, I, it's been my experience. I can only go off of my experience. Yes, please. Right. Give us your based experience, upon, Mark's experience. Based upon my experience with people in general and based upon my experience with spouses and my experience with raising children, it the, the, the one common denominator, it seems to me, has always been the quality of communication. Mm, absolutely. That you have. Yes. And... Um, uh, and, and it's not it, it, it's not surprising to me that we are where we are because people just seem to be so afraid to to tell other people you know what what they think and 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 you know to to really stand by their belief systems. I mean, you can go well, back. No one can have belief systems yeah, anymore exactly, because yeah. if you do, boy, no they politics, are no they are <laughs> they are filming you, and you are just done. No, but no, but, but what I mean is, you know, I mean, if you go back, if you go back thousands of years in history, you have the story of the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you come, if you come full circle back to uh, current popular culture, there's a movie out called Knives Out. I have no vested interest in them, so I'm not promoting them. But this this entire movie is about totally dysfunctional communication. Yeah. All right, and and unfortunately, you see that over and over and over again. You see it, you see it in our leaders, you see it in our communities. Um, you see people being afraid to, to you know, 
ask for what they need. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I mean, it, 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 it permeates all aspects of our society. And, and then when you take different languages into consideration as well, it, th- that also makes communication. You know, going back to the history thing, you know, one of the really, one of the things that I, that I think uh, uh, hurts communication is the fact that history isn't taught the same around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, th- there are people that, that believe certain things it didn't happen. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, or certain things did. And, um, and, and when you don't have that even playing field, I, I think that that really makes a, a big difference. And, and I think if we could somehow even that out, it would. Um, so what I hear you saying is more tolerance. Um. Because it seems like no one, what you're, what I hear you saying is, is that people are not communicating because they're afraid to, because of being judged or because of someone being angry with them. And we don't have any tolerance any longer. You, you know, I'm, I grew up in New York City. I'm, I'm a New York. Obviously. Can you hear that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a hardcore New Yorker, even though I've been out here in LA for 22 years. Yeah, but you never uh, lose that. No, People yeah. think I'm from New York all the time and I'm not. Yeah. Okay. I'm from, I can talk like I'm from New York, but I'm uh, not from New York. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, is that one of the things about New Yorkers is that we tend to be pretty blunt. Yeah. All right. And, I love it. And, and we tend to be pretty blunt. And a lot of people who are not New Yorkers think that New Yorkers are rude because of that. Mm. I mean, if you ask us a question, we're, we're very inclined to give you a one word answer. You know? um, whereas in California, if you ask somebody a question, not only do they give you the answer, but they have to give you the explanation of right. why they gave you the answer. <laughs> New Yorkers think of that as two questions. That's, that, that's the difference. But the thing, about, the thing about New Yorkers is we do talk to a very great degree in straight lines. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been, and I've lived all over the country over the years. And I don't find that in, in a lot of places. People are very concerned with um, being polite, mm-hmm. not hurting anybody mm-hmm. and, and being soft. Um, and and I, think if, I think if we could talk in straight lines with each other better, not, not to hurt the other person, but just to simply say what you mean, I think, I think the whole world would be better off. Yes. That's all. I like it. I like it. And, and I listen, I'm a big uh, communicator. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's the number one thing. You know, you've got to communicate with your kids. You've got to communicate expectation. You got to communicate your feelings sometimes, you know? And I think that a lot of people, and this is why, you know, we're not going to go down this road, but I think that's why depression is at an all time high because people don't feel like they can communicate. So thank you for sharing that view. I really, really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you coming on this show and sharing all of your wisdom and your knowledge. Um, It was well-received. I think that our listeners are going to be pleasantly surprised by dealing with you and also all of the information that you shared today. So uh, we, yes. Can I, can I just, can I just add one more piece of it? You can, of course you can. Thanks. I, I just wanted to give, give your listeners an opportunity to go to my website. Yes. Oh, please. Okay. My website is reverseyourthinking.com. So that's the word are reverse. And then you are your thinking.com. And there's a, it's chock-a-block full of information and uh, it'll- Yes. I actually read it the other night and wow, really a lot of really- awesome information and hence why I wanted to have you on the show here. Not only because you're just a great looking guy and you're so witty, but uh, because, you know, the information was just so compelling. Oh, I bet she said that's all I guess. (laughs) 
I don't think I've said it once. <laughs> no, it's it's um, I'm 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 really flattered that, that you wanted me on the show. Um, I'm glad to have the opportunity to 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 share some of this information with your listeners. Um, it's um, you know, like I said, it, it's all about. It's all about collaborating and solving problems and uh, and finding solutions. And speaking of collaboration, can you just tell our listeners why is it that you choose to work with me and Conquer Credit Management? Ah, well, um, Angela and I have known each other for a few years now. And um, um, the way she has worked with some of my clients that have needed her help has been um, so different <laughs> uh, than than anybody that I've uh, used prior. Um, it's really a combination of um, skills and uh, people skills and economics. Mm -hmm. um, what she charges for what she does is so fair mm. compared to um, the market. Uh, and the way she handles, let's put it this way. When my clients call me and thank me for putting them in touch with her, that's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, putting Angela in touch with my clients who need her skills makes me look good. Oh, well, thank you. That's yeah. awesome. And we make each other look good. And we make each other look good. It's maybe. just like a mirror. <laughs> yes, except you're prettier. Oh, you're so sweet. So anyways, friends, so you heard it here first about reverse mortgages and Mark Gertz as my guest today. Thank you so much for showing up to the show. You're listening to Your Credit Today. This is Angela and Mark, and we're out.